This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of African Thanksgiving. It was late fall, and the heat hung like a stifling blanket over the jungle, where it bordered the native city of El Reden. Even the recently cut branches that covered the pitfalls were dry and lifeless. There were many of these traps designed to protect the city against marauding beasts. A huge lion lay on the bottom of one of the pits, gasping for breath in the arid heat of noon. For a moment, the lion seemed confused as the slender figure of a white girl came hurtling down into the pit. Then he crouched low, snarling. He was about to spring when a bronze savage leaped into the pitfall and came slowly toward him, a gleaming shaft of steel in his powerful hands. Grasp that root over there and scramble up the side. Merci, monsieur. Start back to the city. Hurry. I will do as you say, monsieur. I should not have run away in the first place. I stand no chance of escaping. Well, I better scramble out of here myself. Yeah. That girl's out of sight already. She really must have run as fast as she... I wonder what she meant by standing no chance of escaping. I think I'll go back to the public inn at El Den and find out. Usually the inn at El Den was either completely deserted or almost so. But now the walled courtyard was crowded. A dozen Arab horses were tethered there. A cortege of slaves stood about, and an enormous Senegalese guard stood sentry at the inn's entrance. His fierce eyes gleamed from beneath a scarlet fez, and he raised a huge broadsword as Tarzan attempted to enter. Not go past this door. The sign proclaims this to be a public inn, and I desire to enter. I'm looking for a girl who just ran from the jungle. Is no girl here. Inn is closed to others during stay of Sheikh Hassanin Mohammed Hazara, my master. 
Room for no one else. I believe the girl is here, and I intend to talk to the owner of the inn. What is the cause for the disturbance, McKee? Jungle man, say he talked to you. I tell ah, him... Ah, it is Tarzan. May I be of service, jungle lord? I seek a young French girl. French girl? There is no French girl here. Well, I, I should like to meet Sheikh Hazara and see what he has to say about her presence. Perhaps you have been paid for your silence. I will confer with him, but you shall have to remain here. And I must lock the door against the possibility of your intrusion. You are both fools. Had you invited this Tarzan to enter, I could have easily explained away the matter of the girl. But now you increased his curiosity. You make matters most difficult. We only did what you ordered. You said no one else was to be admitted. Unless and... I satisfy the curiosity of this jungle man, he may bring the police here. I cannot afford questions until I have reached my own land with the lovely French mademoiselle. If there's nothing further you wish of me. But there is, innkeeper. I desire you to prepare the most lavish meal of which you are capable. And to bring forth the best wines your cellars afford. But, of course, mighty chic. I hasten to carry Just out a moment. The... Yes, mighty chic. Give me the key to the front door. Of course. Here. I hasten to do your bidding. What you do, master? I shall throw the door open wide for the lord of the jungle. I shall invite him inside and I shall honor him with food and drink. And whereas you two stumbling fools have only piqued his curiosity, I shall lay it to rest. No man shall deprive me of the beauty of the French girl. She shall be mine for all time. You want Muki car guards? Watch Tarzan if he try make move against mighty sheep? I am more concerned with the actions of the girl. Go upstairs and tie her up, both her slender wrists and her tiny feet. Also, place a gag in her mouth and leave the whip where I can reach it easily should it be necessary to prove to her once again that I am the master. I do, as you say. Good. With a gag in her mouth, she cannot cry out. And I am quite confident that I can outwit this jungle man. We'll return to our story of Tarzan in just a moment. The last time Tarzan had been to the inn, it had been a crude affair. But for Sheikh Hazara's visit, it had been hung with silken drapes and lavish brocades. Indeed, it seemed like an oriental palace... And the innkeeper and his assistants were scurrying about, preparing a lavish meal for the desert potentate and his most honored guest. But I insist you remain with me. It is not pleasant to dine alone. I shall accept with thanks. I desire to discuss one of the members of your entourage. But who among my followers has deserved the notice of such a noble one as you? The young French girl who ran into the jungle and then returned here. And I warn you not to deny her presence. Why should I deny it? The Senegalese guard and the innkeeper pretended I had imagined her. I thought they acted on your orders. They were but exercising caution. You see, Tarzan, we have not as yet been united by the vows of marriage, nor can we be until we have reached my land. Here, the government frowns on a man having more than one wife. And this girl is returning to your land voluntarily? Before you take your departure, you may hear with your own ears the girl's admission that she goes with me voluntarily. <laughs> Turn just a little this way, my dear, and I shall cut the last of the thongs that hold your tiny feet. Ah, yes, the gag. I shall remove it immediately. 
I am afraid Moki misunderstood my orders. I did not wish you bothered again. I have given up hope of taming you, Rene. There you are, my insolent beauty. What trick are you planning now? I am through with tricks. This afternoon you ran away and were almost killed. I shall not continue to press my suit. If you would rather face a jungle lion than me, you must detest me greatly indeed. It is not that I detest you. At least I did not at first, but I came to Africa to meet the man I love. And I have no intention of becoming a member of your home. I have abandoned all hope of taking you home with me. What do you mean? A jungle potentate said he'd seen you in the jungle this afternoon when you ran away. You're the creature who killed the lion with a knife and, and then let out a scream like that of an insane man? The same. He desires you as one of his wives, and I have decided to let him take you. Oh, no. Perhaps you may enjoy the life in the jungle more than you would the life among my people. There you will be dressed in crude skins. You will live in a filthy hut. Beasts will be on your very doorstep. Your companions will be the foul-smelling savages with rings through their noses. And if you do anything that displeases them, you will be torn limb from limb and devoured by these followers of Tarzan. Oh, no. No, please, Ezra. Take me back to Algiers. The one I love was to meet me there. He will be worried sick by I have now. decided to return you to Algiers. But now that this jungle lord has taken a fancy to you, I may find it difficult. I will not go with him. You've got to save me from him, Ezra. He demands to see you before he leaves. But perhaps we can resist his demands. Ezra. Why is your slave dragging the girl in? She is shy, except before me. Bring her over here, Moki. Yes, master. Musicians, cease your playing. We have an important jungle potentate who would put questions to this fair young damsel. Why do you shrink from me, girl? I saw how you acted this afternoon. Are you killed with your bare hands? Am I to admire such a savage? But I killed only so that you would not be injured. You are like the rest. You protected me only so that you could let... I protected you because your life was in danger. And that wild scream, what did that mean? It was the victory cry of the bull ape. I learned it from... The bull ape? Oh, save me from him, Ezra. You do not require saving from me. I came here only because I thought the sheik held you against your will. I heard you say something about standing no chance to escape. You... you misunderstood me. I, I said no such thing. Well, I, I was sure I heard you say those words. I, I intended wresting you from Sheikh Azara and, and taking you away to wherever you, you wanted You will not to... take me. I will not go with you. You are a jungle savage and I would rather be dead than That you... is enough, Rene. Are you convinced, jungle lord? Yes. I apologize, Azara. I shall be on my way now. Thank you for your hospitality. Not at all. We shall sojourn here for a few days before we ride on to the desert. Feel free to visit me at any time. I shall not come back this way. I'm returning to the heart of my jungle. Goodbye. I shall show you to the door, Tarzan. Thank you, innkeeper. I'm sorry I insisted on entering your inn, but I was under the... Musicians, resume the music of my land. Muki. Yes, master. Fetch my hookah. I desire the sweet incense of my pipe after this trying ordeal. I would have peace and rest before our journey of the morrow. You are taking me back to Algiers so that I can meet him. Algiers. <laughs> I should journey all the way back to Algiers so that I may give you to another? No, my dear Rene. I am taking you to the desert so that you can become my bride. But you said... About... I said just enough so that you will respond to Tarzan as I had hoped. You will continue to speak and act as I desire. And if my words do not convince you, be reminded of my other methods by the sound of my whip. <laughs> It was cold and penetrating that night as Tarzan made his way deep into the jungle. 
But the morning was hot again, and the unseasonable dryness had scorched the earth and destroyed the plants and the small game. Even the carrion birds were hungry, and as Tarzan made his way through the upper level, he could see a flock of them circling vainly over the jungle wilds. Then, suddenly, the ugly vultures who ordinarily fed on decayed flesh plunged downward. They had sighted a prey, and the scent of man, not yet dead, assailed Tarzan's nostrils. He streaked through the treetops, and a moment later he could see the hideous giant-like birds clawing and pecking at an exhausted white man. Tarzan leaped down on his knife described great arcs as he stabbed furiously at the monstrous scavengers of the jungle. No use. It's no use anyway. What's no use? Trying to make way through the jungle. I'll never find her anyway. You're searching for someone? I was searching. Not anymore. I'm finished. I'll never find Renee. Renee? I've seen a girl by that name. Of course, there are many French girls whose names are oh, Renee. No, but you I... don't. I've been taken in too many times as it is. Last one who claimed he'd seen her brought me into the jungle. He... He took the fee I'd promised him, and then he deserted me. I see. And the woman back at the hotel in Algiers. Well, she was interested in was money, too. Well, I don't know what your angle is, but you can beat it. If I'm going to die in this thinking jungle, I'll die. I've been taken for the last time. Well, perhaps the vultures who escaped my knife shall not be cheated out of their meal after all. In just a moment, the exciting conclusion of African Thanksgiving. Subscription box, yeah, with an exclusive loop on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Rouses! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it? You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. At least the rain has come, Bill. You won't have to die in the blistering heat. Back home at this time of year, everything's golden, red, and brown. Kids are cutting out jack-o'-lanterns, and women are roasting turkeys, baking pumpkin pies. There's a holiday we call Thanksgiving, Tarzan. I was going to take Renee back to America for Thanksgiving. <coughs> Perhaps 
You might like to talk about Renee <coughs> before you die. I, I met her in Paris. I was an exchange student there, engineering. We fell in love and I wanted to marry her, but I didn't have enough money to satisfy her parents. Oh, no, the way they figured it, she was going to marry a millionaire. Some oriental potentate had seen her at the store where she worked and offered them a fortune for her. And they sold their own daughter? No, no, they, they didn't do that, but it convinced them more than ever that Renee would make a brilliant match. <coughs> and maybe they should have sold her to that Sheik Hazara. She'd have been better off. Sheik Hazara. When I graduated, I went back home. And six months ago, I had a chance to come to Africa on a job. <coughs> And I'd be a little closer to Renee, so I took it. We corresponded regularly, and she wrote she was running away from home, that she'd meet me in Algiers. What happened? My job was almost finished, but I couldn't leave until all the loose ends were tied up. I was a couple of days late in reaching Algiers, but the woman who ran the little hotel there where Renee was to go had promised to take care of her. And she didn't? I finally got the truth out of her, or part of it anyway. She'd made up some far-fetched story about having received a message from me, and... She convinced Renee that I wanted her to meet me in the interior. Well, why did you do that? Well, someone had paid her to do it. I couldn't force her to tell me who it was, but she admitted Renee had hired some Arab guides to lead her to me in the jungle. It's the last that was ever seen of her. I've been searching for her ever since. Bill, ever since we've met, you've doubted my intentions, even though I saved your life. <coughs> I also saved Renee's life, and she treated me as though I were a leper. But regardless of whether you want my help or not, you're going to get it. If it's within my power, the two of you will have a reason for Thanksgiving. <coughs> That's the end just ahead. Yeah, it's obviously deserted. Said there was a huge caravan stopping there. Sheikh Hazara said they would remain here for several days. But they could have changed their plan, I suppose. Oh, the whole story's fantastic. A remote inn transformed into a potentate's palace. I didn't say exactly that. I said that the interior had been decorated with rich fabrics and costly ornaments. It must have taken weeks of preparation to make the place ready for the coming of this desert ruler. Innkeeper! Innkeeper! Ah, there's no one here. There is someone here. I can catch the scent of men. Yes? It is Tarzan, then, Keeper. Tarzan? I know no one by that name. You... But I was here last night. You must have mistaken my poor inn for another. No one has been here for years, and I have never before laid eyes on you. So you were leading me on with a story that was nothing but lies. Come inside with me, Bill. Get out of the way, innkeeper. What? Huh. Rich fabrics and costly ornaments. Place is dusty and unkept. Innkeeper, what happened to the trappings that hung here last night? Trappings? I believe you have lost your reason, jungle man. Where is Sheikh Hassanin Hezara and his followers? And, and where is the French girl? You speak in the most amazing riddles. I know of no Sheik or of any French girl. Certainly you must have confused my in... I apologize, Tarzan. She was here. What? Yes, innkeeper. You may have sprinkled dust around and you may have erased all the other signs of your recent visitors. But I found this in the corner over there. A shoe. One of Renee's shoes. Our friend here must have overlooked it. I know it's hers. It's a French make and it's her size. She has tiny feet. Not another girl in a thousand could get this shoe on. Now deny my story, innkeeper. I... I only lied in order to save the young man greater sorrow. What do you mean? Just after you left, Tarzan, the girl grasped a flagon of poison and drank deep. No. She was buried early this morning in the graveyard at the edge of the city. Cough's getting worse, Bill. 
You should have found shelter. Not until I visited her grave. A damp graveyard is certainly a poor place for a man with a cough. Certainly a desolate place at night. It's all my fault. If she'd never left France, she wouldn't be lying in this miserable cemetery. If I'd written to her to wait until... There's someone over there. You! Yes, Sir Bendit? Why are you digging in the rain and at night? When someone dies at this time of the year, the sepulcher must be completed before the rains come too heavy. I was packing the earth firmly about this grave that was filled but this morning. Frenet's grave. I know not the occupant of this final resting place, save that she was a young French girl who traveled in an Arab's caravan. The caravan has left. But not before you were well paid to heap heavy rocks on the grave and pour cement between the cracks. He told you he was just trying to make sure the rains wouldn't... Uh, uh, Hold on to him, Bill. Uh, He may regain consciousness soon. I didn't hit him hard. Why did you hit him at all? Because he isn't a grave digger any more than you are. He's one of Hazara's men, and he was attempting to make sure no one would ever open that grave. What are you doing? I'm digging up the coffin, and I'm reasonably certain we'll find it empty. Well, Renee may be alive, but I think we've lost their trail now. No, Bill, we haven't. The signs are even clearer now that we're beyond the rain belt. I haven't seen any signs, even the ones you try to point out to me. Well, they covered their trail fairly well. Hazara hoped the story of Renee's death would discourage us, but he wasn't depending on it completely. Are you sure you don't want me to hunt for some small game, Bill? Oh, I couldn't eat. How, how do you feel? Better than I thought I would, after sleeping in that wet treetop. Frankly, I'm sick of Africa. Only I could find Renee, I'd take her to America so fast you wouldn't even have time to catch your breath. I don't think we'd ever leave the good old USA again. But first to find her. Yeah. It looks so hopeless. How can we hope to catch them when they're on horseback? Well, they too are traveling by foot now. Their horses were lame by the time they reached the last pass. You could tell by the uneven depth of the hoof marks. You could tell? I couldn't tell a thing. All I know is that if I ever come face to face with Hazara... You will be face to face with him, and soon. And, Bill, you must not show your hatred. You must act as I advised. You must pray that Renee is smart enough to catch on. If she makes one sign of recognition, it will mean the end for both of you. like quite a celebration. These native cities are always holding pageants and parades and dances. They're meant to please their gods. I only hope their chief will agree to our part in the ceremony. I guess you know what you're doing. But I'd like to go right to Hazara's camp and just... Oh, do you know why Hazara made camp on the edge of the city? No. Because his horses can no longer carry their burden. If he's to reach his own land, he must have camels. And the natives won't be willing to sell them for any price until their celebration is over. Yeah, but in the meantime... In the meantime, I'm going to have a talk with their chief, and you're going to dye your skin black and dress as a native witch doctor. Then you're going to make a call on Sheik Hazara. Rene, I must speak to some local witch doctor who has just arrived. You had best retire into the quarters of the women. All right. I will go. Only I do not see what... Greetings, Sheik of Great Desert. My humble greetings to you. Rene, I told you to go. No. Woman is to stay. You in my city. So I give orders. As you say, witch doctor. Why have you come? 
Today is great celebration in our village. Yes, I know that. Your chief told me that, that I would... we not sell you camels until parade through city over. Yes, that was his decision. But now, new decision made. Since you and your camp are within limits of city, one your party must join in parade to gods. I shall be most happy this to... This woman, she is great beauty. She please our gods. She ride camel at my side. I have spoken. Rene, it is best to humor these native leaders. You have to do what he says. All right, I am ready to come with you. Which doctor? Good. Camels tethered before entrance of Bit. Come with me. Goodbye, Sheikh Hazara. All right, Bill, Rene. We're far enough from the Sheikh and his men now. Oh, oh, there, oh. Hey, I'm almost able to manage a camel now. Oh, you were wonderful, witch Dr. Bill. <laughs> it was a fine performance. <laughs> well, it's time to remove your makeup now. We'll leave these camels here and take to the jungle. I guarantee that the sheik will not be able to follow our trail. It'll be three or four days until the natives sell him camels, and by that time, you'll be on your way to America. America? <laughs> Gee, I wonder what my friends back home would have said if they could have seen me dressed like that native witch doctor and riding at the head of that fantastic parade. Oh, the parade was part of a week's feasting to honor the gods of the fields. Grain is thrown upon the ground in the belief that some of the earth's yield must be returned to it, or otherwise it will become barren. The celebration is held at each harvest time. Oh, sort of a Thanksgiving ritual, huh? Thanksgiving. Hey, it's Thanksgiving today. What is this Thanksgiving? Uh, that's a holiday you'll find out about in America, Renee. We'll be too late for the turkey and the pumpkin pie this year. We still have a lot to be thankful for. And number one on the list is having met Tarzan. In just a moment, we'll return with a preview of our next story of Tarzan. During the past ten years, the price of museum specimens has doubled and trebled. Today, an African elephant is worth $6,000. A giraffe brings $4,000, a hippopotamus $5,000, and a white rhinoceros $15,000. Tarzan attempts to halt the plundering of the jungle by an unscrupulous murderer, and he encounters... Hunter's Fury, which is the title of our next story. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. 
And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Hunter's Fury. In the background, one could hear the trumpeting of an elephant, the howling of a hyena, the roar of a lion. And yet this was no tangled jungle, but a collection of concrete and steel buildings that made up the zoo of a modern American city. One of the buildings housed the administrative offices, and Douglas Hanley, a young assistant curator, occupied a tiny cubicle on the second floor. At the moment, he wore a look of pain and consternation, almost as though he were to face to face with one of his savage charges. But actually, he was alone in his office, and he was merely talking on the telephone. Talking? Well, for the most part, he was listening. Yes, dear. Yes, I know, but... No, but Esther, we can't afford it. No, we're overdrawn now. Well, I'll try to dig up the money somewhere, but... Hello? Hello? She hung up on you, huh? Riggs, where did you come from? The door was open. Well, that doesn't mean you can storm in here like you owned the place. Oh, take it easy, Doug. I didn't mean to intrude on some private matter between you and your wife. Door was open. Oh, I'm I... sorry. I guess it's just that Esther's got me on edge. She keeps forgetting about the size of my salary. She's got sort of fancy ideas. <laughs> Don't they all? Say, talking about fancy ideas, we finished building that stone archway for the special new polar bear cage. I thought you might like to okay it. Well, I can't get over there for a while. Uh, I've got a sick panther cub I've got to take a look at. But incidentally, Riggs, it's not a cage. The man who's contracting the job ought to know that. Well, I keep forgetting there's not an iron bar in the whole contraption. But it seems sort of automatic to call a place where you keep animals a cage. If I had any, I'd put my own money into improving the quarters for all the animals. No iron bars, no concrete floors, no cages. Only natural barriers like, like pits or water to keep the animals on the inside from the animals on the outside. Yeah, <laughs> Well, this animal sure hopes they build a million of these fancy contraptions. I'm making a nice profit on the deal. I sure appreciate your putting the good word in for me. Your bid was the lowest and your specifications were the best. There was no reason why I shouldn't have insisted on your getting the job, Riggs. Now, Doug, I, I hope you won't take it wrong, but about that phone call I barged in on. Yes? Well, it looks like you're in a little hot water financially. I'd be glad to help you out with a couple of hundred bucks. Thanks just the same, Riggs, but I'll manage somehow. I heard you say you tried to dig up the money. Well, what's a good friend if he won't give you some dough? Give me? <laughs> no, I couldn't accept a gift. But, of course, a, a loan of about 200 would help me out of a tough spot. Oh, that's more like it. I'll write you out a check. Then we'll walk down and take a look at that swell job you threw my way. I'll meet you there right after I've taken a look at that sick panther cub. Thousands of miles away, deep in the heart of the African jungle, at exactly the same moment, another man knelt by the side of an ailing panther cub. And while Tarzan poured healing herbs into the animal's wounds, Torgo, his small native friend, looked at him curiously. Why you do that, Tarzan? Well, the little fellow's mother is dead, Torgo, so she can't lick the wounds Bolgani the gorilla inflicted. Unless we do something, you'll die. Torgo know that. Not what he means. You mean, why am I going to all this trouble to, to save his life? Deal. Tarzan often kills she to the panther. Why he not kill this one? I've often told you, Torgo. I kill only when a jungle animal threatens my life or when I need food. Were I to kill every animal I encounter, the jungle would soon be completely empty of animals. Tarzan kill every animal in jungle? No. Oh, I have plenty of help. The members of your tribe kill many. Many other tribes do likewise. And, and the white man who comes with his thunder stick and his traps... 
He's the worst of all. Tom and Gunny bad. Oh, no, no. Not all white men are bad, but they don't realize that when they kill more than they need for food, when they fire at every living thing that crosses their path, they're destroying the jungle. Destroy? The animals furnish our food. We make clothing and shelter of their hides. Their skins are used for our sleeping mats, and, and they feed on the rodents and insects that prey on our fields. Once Africa's animals are gone, we, we too are doomed. Animals gone soon? Well, many kinds of animals are already extinct. That, uh, that means that there are no more of them. That's why we must nurse sick animals back to health. And why we must fight the white men when they come to kill. The panther cub Tarzan nursed was soon healthy and strong again. And so was the cub Douglas Hanley had nursed. But the troubles of civilized life were more complex than those of the jungle. And now Douglas Hanley was faced with a serious threat. It was in the form of his friend, Herbert Riggs. Did you see that newspaper article about the animals? I gave the reporter the information. Then it's true that an African elephant's worth $6,000, that a giraffe brings 4000 a hippopotamus is worth five grand, and that a white rhinoceros is good for 15 Gs? <laughs> of course it's true. Good specimens are almost unobtainable these days. You know all about animals, don't you, Doug? Well, it's been my life's work. And you stand in with these zoo officials. They'd contract for any animals you'd bring back. That I'd bring back. I'm not a hunter, Riggs. You are now. You and I are going to Africa. Oh, but that's ridiculous. We're not... Well, it ain't ridiculous to me. There's a million in the racket. And you ain't turning me down. I'd like to oblige you, but my work's here in the zoo. And if you don't give me the okay on this deal, you won't have a job here. What do you mean, Riggs? Just this. I got a canceled check I made out to you for 200 bucks. But I paid you back. In cash. And you didn't get a receipt. If I should give my version, you didn't pay it back. You got me that job building the polar bear contraption. And that was your rake-off. Why, you... Now, easy, easy. <laughs> I suppose it would look like that. We'll contact every other zoo in the country, too. We'll supply them all. When we get back home, there won't be an animal left in the African jungle. In just a moment, we'll continue with our story of Hunter's Fury. Many months had passed since Tarzan had nursed the panther cub back to health, and he was on his way to the Punya village once again. He traveled rapidly through the upper level of jungle growth, and at his side, leaping from branch to branch, was Nakima, the tiny monkey, who looked upon Tarzan as a god. From time to time, Nakima scurried off on expeditions of his own. Now, as Tarzan dropped from a tree inside the boma of the Punya Kral, the chattering monkey scampered away. Jumbo, my bookie. Jumbo, Tarzan. Why, Manu, run away? Oh, he distrusts men. <laughs> the only reason he accepts me is that he thinks I'm half monkey. Is right for animals distrust men, for men distrust animals. Not right other way. What are you getting at? Tarzan, remember panther cub he saved after Borgani, the gorilla, killed panther's mama? Of course. When Tarzan leave Punya village, boy Torgo keep on like nurse to Panther. Well, I can see nothing wrong in that. I'm, I'm happy that Torgo has begun to realize that animals can be our friends as well as our enemies. Panther and Torgo, too much good friends now. Everywhere Torgo walk, Panther come. Now Panther grow large, is dangerous. Already he claw Mama Nagama. Not want Torgo's own mama touch him. Well, I'll see what I can do about that jealous Panther. Nadir, Tarzan do something. For Sheeta, the Panther... Kill someone of tribe. Oh, 
Torgo, can't you see that he is dangerous? He's even snarling at me. Not do anything if Torgo tell him not to. Well, perhaps you're right, but I... He's right. Watch. Sheeta, not make noise. Quiet. Now, Sheeta, sit down. (laughs) Well, you do seem to have him well trained. Now, lie down, Sheeta. Well, that's wonderful. You've done a marvelous job of training him, Torgo. But I'm told that he permits no one else to come near him, nor you, that, that he scratched Mama Nagama very badly. Yes, but that because Torgo left him alone. Not leave him again. She did not hurt anyone when Torgo with him. But you can't be with him night and day, and a grown panther Tarzan. is after... Tarzan! I'm inside the Hema. Come in, Mabuki. Mabuki, tell Chief Tarzan is here. And Chief say he should... Watch out, Mabuki! Watch out! No, she not. No, stop, she not. Not hurt, Mabuki! Good, Sheeta. He do what Torgo say. Torgo, I have tried to reason with you, but I'm through with words. Anyone who'd seen Sheeta leap at Maboki as he came through the door would know that he's not a safe pet to keep in a village. Now, Torgo, you may keep him with you tonight, but in the morning I must take him deep into the jungle and set him free. Oh, no, not take Sheeta. Not take friend of Torgo. Not take my Sheeta from me. <laughs> That night, when Tarzan and the people of Punya were asleep, Torgo fastened a slender rope of twisted vine around the neck of his pet and crept from the village. But when the two strange traveling companions had reached the tall grass and the dense undergrowth of Sheeta's birthplace, the animal lost all vestiges of domesticity. With a deep roar, he broke from Torgo. The slender rope snapped and the magnificent beast plunged into the jungle night with Torgo attempting vainly to follow. And a few miles away, a safari led by two white men plodded through the Congo night with the aid of flaming torches and trained guides. Douglas Hanley and Herbert Riggs were hunting for animals to take back to the zoos of America. Hey, you! Keep moving! You're getting paid enough to set a decent pace. I wouldn't shout at our guides, Riggs. We're pretty dependent on them. Besides, shouting's after frightening away any animals. How about those torches? Will they frighten them? I don't think so. The jungle animals, like men, are curious. I think they may come to investigate the bright light. Say, uh, this little ravine here might be a good place to stop and spread the nets. Okay. Hey, you! Our expert says this is a good place to stop. Now, if we can mark off a small area and then take the nets and suspend them from... Panther! Give me my gun, Doug. This is a magnificent specimen. Maybe we can catch one. I'm not taking any chances. My gun! Here. I used to be a good shot now. I can hold my arm steady, get a bead on him. Just shoot up. Not shoot him, white man. Hold it. You'll hit the boy. So I hit him. I'm not risking my... Let me quiet. Good, Sheeta. Now, sit. Good. Now, lie down. Hey, get that. It's amazing. Uh, lead the panther to this cage over here, little boy. No, not put Sheeta in cage. Now, just until we've had a chance to talk for a few minutes. We'll let him out later. Sure? Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's the fella. Right in here now. Go in cage, Sheeta. You know... man let you out later. There's a kid that can handle animals the way he can. Why, he'll be a big asset for us. He'll be right handy to have around the camp. White man keep Torgo with them? Well, say, looks like he goes for that deal. You mean you'd uh, like to stay with us? The deal? Torgo stay with white men. If men call Tarzan come look for Torgo, you tell him you not see him. Uh, Torgo, why are you uh, afraid of this uh, Tarzan? He want to take my panther and set him free. Oh, one of those birds who's against capturing animals, huh? <laughs> Well, don't worry, Torgo. We won't tell him you're here. And if he starts trying to set the animals we capture free, he'll get more than he bargained for. (laughs) 
The white men had made camp, and Torgo was fast asleep in one of the tents, even before the hunters had spread their nets of steel-like cord and taken their sentry posts. In the darkness of the Congo night, a deceptive calm descended upon the encampment. But in the village of the Punyas, all was confusion. Torgo's absence had been discovered. Tarzan took to the trees following Torgo's spoor, and as he traveled through the upper level, Nakima the monkey joined in the pursuit, dancing ahead, chattering furiously. Suddenly, Nakima screamed. He had been caught in a giant net. Tarzan leaped to the aid of the small monkey, and he too was soon enmeshed in the steel-like nets of the white men. I wouldn't fight those nets, jungle man. What? We had them specially designed. The more you fight them, the tighter grip they get. So, you're responsible for these nets. You're a hunter who's come to rob the jungle of its animals, huh? Rob's an ugly word. And you're not in any position to start insulting people. Why are you raising that gun to your shoulder? We've been expecting you. You're Tarzan, ain't you? Yes, but... Yeah. And you don't like the idea of people capturing animals, huh? Well, this gun will guarantee we won't have any interference from you. In just a moment, the exciting conclusion of Hunter's Fury. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. In the name of heaven, Riggs, put that gun down. This is my business. And mine. Up until now, I've taken all your orders, but I'm not going to stand by and see you commit murder. All right, Doug, I won't shoot him. But I can tell you this. We ain't setting him free. You, drag that heavy cage over here. Put it right under this tree. That's it. Right here. Now open the top and I'll drop our two prisoners in. Hey, Riggs, the monkey slipped through the bars. Yeah, well, monkeys don't bring much anyway. And Tarzan won't slip through. But he's got his knife arm free now. When he can't cut through those bars, you can bet your life on that. Well, I'm turning in now, Doug. You keep a watch over him. And if he escapes, you'll answer with your life. Present dreams, Tarzan. I, uh, I heard the other man call you Doug. And you call him Riggs, huh? That's right. You seem strange, partners. Yeah. I guess we do. You don't seem like a man who... Hates animals enough to want to capture them and keep them behind bars for the rest of their lives? I don't approve of bars and cages at all. But I think a number of animals should be taken back to civilization. Why? Well, I don't believe a child's education is really complete unless he's seen an elephant, a mother kangaroo with her young, a few-day-old zebra running about, fending for itself. You, you talk about animals as though you loved them. I do. I've seldom met white men with that feeling. You speak as though you weren't a white man. Oh, I'm white, all right, but sometimes the actions of men like Riggs make me ashamed of my race. Why do you take his orders? Well, that's uh, sort of a personal matter. It's obvious that you're afraid of him. Yes, I am. If, if you were to set me free, I'd guarantee he'd not harm you. I can't set you free, Tarzan. I've never pled for my own life, but when I was caught in your nets, I was searching for a small native boy by the name of Torgo. He, he ran away from his home, and 
He may be in great danger somewhere here in the jungle. Torgo's safe. He, He's what? asleep in a tent on the far edge of the camp. Torgo's here? D- does Riggs intend to take him home as a zoo specimen also? I don't know what Riggs intends to do, but I guess I'll have to go along with whatever he plans. Well, Doug, how are things coming? Everything's repacked and ready. Mr. Safari will be ready to move along in a couple of minutes. What did you do with the boy? I bought him some breakfast into his tent for him. Then sent him ahead with one of the porters. I don't want to take any chance on his seeing Tarzan. Just what do you intend to do with Tarzan? We're just going to leave him here. We can spare that one cage. But, why, snakes can get in, or scorpions. Or even, even if they don't, he'll starve to death. Maybe you think I ought to let him loose so he can mess up our whole expedition. But you can't leave I him came to... here for animals. They're worth a fortune, and I intend having them. I'm going to fill every one of those cages. And I'm leaving that last big one for the white rhino. Fifteen thousand dollars. Fifteen grand. And I should let that jungle man free. <laughs> Come on. Let's get rolling. Goodbye. Goodbye, Tarzan. Well, Nakima, you decided to come back and visit me in my cage, eh? Well, you brought me some fruit. It was very kind, very intelligent of you. Well, I'm afraid I can't live long on the food you'll be able to carry to me. Uh, if you could bring me a file so I could... Wait a minute. Nakima, do you see that stone over there? Dan Yeland? Get it for me, Nakima. Get me that stone. It took quite a bit of coaxing, but at last Nakima fetched the stone. It was too soft to make any impression on the bars. Later, Nakima fetched a second and a third stone, but they crumbled at the first touch. Not until the evening of the second day did the monkey bring a stone that was hard enough to serve as a crude file. And even then, it fit in slowly. Painfully so. Nakima watched his guard with animal curiosity. And then he too began to file away, imitating Tarzan's monkey fashion. Nakima began to chatter happily, but Tarzan knew that it might be days or even weeks until he could free himself and follow the trail of Torgo and the hunters. And in the meantime, the safari moved further and further along the Congo Trail. Weeks passed, and fortune seemed to smile on the ambitions of Herbert Riggs. Well, there's another elephant to take back. See that he staked down well. He won't get away. Nothing gets away from us. Yeah, you said it. Look at them all. Each one just a nice fat deposit in the bank. What a Riggs! Now I'll put last cage filled. Oh, so? You say last cage for white rhino. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you've been a big help tracking down that game, Torgo. You promised if I help you let Sheeta out of cage. Yeah, he's a good specimen. We're keeping him. But you, you can scram. Riggs, we're not turning that boy loose in this wilderness. Oh, ain't we? As soon as we got our white rhino, we're heading back. And I'm not being held up acting as a nursemaid friend. Hey, What's he saying? What's all the excitement about? Nancy White Rhino in Riverbed. I see him, and I can shoot him from here. But you want to capture him. He'll get away if I don't shoot. But if I can plug him in the leg, it'll slow him down. Now, get out of my way. I've got him. Now, get in there after him. Get in and tie him up. He's badly wounded, and he's dangerous. You can't expect the natives to risk their lives trying to tie him up. Wait in there, I said. You, headman, lead the rest of them. Who can kill us? If you don't start out after him, I'll kill you. I'm not letting 15 grand slip out of my hands. Now get going. No, let go. All right, you ask for it. Riggs, in the name of heaven. Now the rest of you, hop to it or I'll give you the same. Behind the fight.
frightened natives was a man mad with his elephant gun trained on him. And in front was a wounded enraged rhinoceros. But even the roaring beast was less fearful than the now almost insane reeks. They waded into the water, into the path of the charging rhino. And just when the death of a dozen of them seemed inevitable, a white savage leaped from the trees at the river's edge. His knife found the vulnerable spot between the soft folds of the rhino's belly, and the knife plunged again and again and again. Now Tarzan headed for the bank. But the weeks of privation and near fasting had taken their toll. He staggered uncertainly and fell to the ground. All right, men. You can put Tarzan in the cage we had saved for the white rhino. Unlock the boy in with his friend, the panther. Riggs, you're insane. Insane enough to kill you, too, if you try to interfere. Now do what I told you, men. Or I'll shoot you the way I did your head, man. Every one of you, if I have to. And so the safari started back towards civilization. But a small monkey had decided that he liked the game of filing iron bars. Only this time he worked under Torgo's supervision with a steel file he'd stolen from a safari's toolbox. Unnoticed by the crazed rigs, he worked in the dead of night until finally several of the bars were almost cut through. Torgo think maybe Sheeta can break through bars now, Nikima. Quiet, Nikima. Quiet, Sheeta. Good, Sheeta. Now, break through cage. Please, Sheeta. Understand, Torgo. Break through cage. Here. Right here. Good, Sheeta. Now we can find Tarzan's cage and then... Hey, what's going on over here? I thought I heard... Get the panther off me! Save me, Tarzan! Cheetah, come back! Cheetah! Cheetah! What's happened? I heard a panther roaring. Riggs. Cheetah killed bad man, then run away. Torgo not mean him to kill Buona Riggs. It's all right, Torgo. I know you would have stopped him if you could have. Not even Riggs deserved a death like that. Ah, but now there are other things to think about. Free Tarzan. Right. That's the first thing. Well, now what, Doug? I'll let you call the place, Tarzan. And I know I don't deserve any consideration from you. If I hadn't been weak, I would have done something about Riggs. Oh, weakness can't be overcome in an instant. But I hope you'll gain strength now. I'm willing to free the animals. All of them. Tarzan, Torgo wanted Sheeta back. Torgo... Sheeta repaid us for saving his life when he was a cub, and, and now he's gone to join his own kind. And most of the animals you've captured, Doug, must also be free to join theirs. But I do think you should be permitted to take some of them back. A pair of each kind, perhaps, so that boys and girls everywhere, like, like Torgo, can learn to know and understand the animals of the jungle. In just a moment, a preview of a very unusual story of Tarzan. Somewhere in the jungle, the drums beat ominously. Twins have been born to a native chief, and the tribesmen are scaring off the demons that have brought them. For more firmly implanted than any other superstitions are those surrounding accursed twins. And on their way into the jungle are two beautiful American girls, also twins who are doomed to meet the strange consequences of these jungle superstitions. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production.
Listen to our next story, Trouble Comes in Pairs, another thrilling episode of The Lord of the Jungle. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs, Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of trouble comes in pairs. The village of the Bayukos was in turmoil. Devil dancers whirled about the ceremonial fire. Witch doctors in grotesque masks made frantic gestures to ward off the demons. And a frightened native broke away from his guards and dashed wildly toward the beach. He climbed into a tiny dhow, shoved off, and hurriedly raised the small sail. But already a dozen angry warriors were clambering into a sleek war canoe to give chase. Make war canoe travel fast, men of Bayuko. Send paddles through water like Ara, the lightning. Look, great chief. Winds begin to come up. Yanobo has sail in boat. Will travel fast over water. Not faster than anger of God. We catch Yanobo. Follow him to end of earth. Yanobo marked for death. Tarzan! Tarzan, open door! Open door! Come in! 
Locked door, Tarzan. Locked so people of Bayuko not get me. The people of your own tribe are chasing you? Nadil. All night they chase Yanobo in war canoe. Wind helped me get away. But they reached this cabin soon now. Save Yanobo, Tarzan. I can't interfere in tribal matters, Yanobo. If you've committed some crime or broken some taboo, you must suffer the consequences. Yanobo not do crime or break taboo. He swear his truth. Not do anything wrong. Well, then why did you run away? Bayuko people want to kill me. Yanobo think if he reached Seacoast cabin of Tarzan, Lord of Jungle save him. Please, Tarzan. Listen. It's the men of your tribe approaching. You, you wait here, Yanobo. I'll go outside to meet them. Yes, chief of the Boyuko people. We know man we seek is here. It's no use. Try to keep from us. Yes, Yanobo is inside my cabin. But he says you intend to kill him and that he has committed no crime. No, he not commit crime. He also says he has broken no taboos. He speak true. Well, then why do you desire his life? He commit crime, Tarzan. He born a twin. A twin? Other half of Yanobo die. It is law Yanobo share his grave. You intend to bury him alive because his twin is dead? It's law of jungle people. It's law of Bayukulan. It's law of God. And while the scene of anger and violence was occurring at Tarzan Seacoast Cabin, a scene of utter peace and contentment was taking place aboard a small ocean liner a few miles off the coast. The SS African Pride, two days out of Cape Town, was on its way to Monrovia. And at the rail of its A-deck stood a lovely blonde girl and a handsome youth. They held each other's hands as they looked out at the blue sea. Isn't it thrilling, Bob? The ocean? The ocean and Africa and the streets. All of it. It'd be a whole lot more thrilling if it were a honeymoon, Jill. Bob, you promised you wouldn't bring that up again. But I can't keep that promise, Jill. You love me. You said it a dozen times. Of course I do. But I, I can't break up the act. Jackie and I have been trooping together since we were babies. I just couldn't walk out on her. But we could still keep the act. What's Jackie got against me? She hasn't anything against you. But we promised Mother and Dad. Okay, Jill, let's forget about it. Where is the princess? In her cabin. I think she's giving herself a manicure. And grousing because I signed us up for this African appearance. Take my word for it, Jill. You'll live to regret this fierce loyalty you have for your sister. She'll meet some guy with enough money to satisfy her someday, and she'll leave you. Just like that. She wouldn't. Okay, so she wouldn't. So you'll keep on dancing until you're both old maids. And as you get older, you'll both get poorer and poorer engagements. You'll end up working in some run-down, third-rate nightclub somewhere. I wouldn't worry if I were you, Mr. Robert Elliott. The Evans twins will make out all right. Tarzan exercised his full authority. The men of Bayukolan were ordered back to their village. They gathered about their chief, muttering dark curses upon the jungle lord. And then, finally, they walked slowly away from Tarzan's cabin in the direction of the beach. Tarzan looked after them for a moment and then went inside to face a cowering Yanobo. Oh, Tarzan, they're they gone. Yes, they've gone, Yanobo. But I doubt that they've given up the hope of killing you. And you can't remain here forever. Yanobo, just what is this native superstition concerning twins? Two Bayuko people... Twins are one person in two bodies, are made like two because of great curse. Yes, I've heard of that belief. But you not know what it means. In native village, twins' food divided in two, gift to one shared by other. Twin boys must marry same girl. When one's sick, both take medicine. If one commit crime, both beaten. 
Born twins, live twins, die twins. One die, both buried. And when did your twin die? Yanobo's mama killed his twin when born. She killed your twin at birth? Nadeo, and she not tell people she bear cursed twins. Then how did your tribesmen find it out now? Yesterday, Yanobo become father. Twins? Nadeo. And Yanobo's mama see new curse on tribe and is afraid. She go to witch doctor and tell truth. Now Yanobo must die, and his sons must live as twins, almost bad as death. But, Yanobo, you can't desert your sons. I I don't know how we can fight against the superstitions of centuries, but we must try. We, we must go back to your twin sons. We must return to Bayuko land. your makeup. I spoke to the manager and he said he'd fix up the dressing room so they wouldn't I'm be I'm so... not Jill. I'm Jackie. And you can tell the manager not to bother. We're not staying. But I brought all our stuff down to the theater. I, I even lugged that full-length mirror you insist on carrying all over. You should complain. It's all your fault we landed in a dump like this. We have a chance to play in Paris or in Africa. And you choose Africa. I didn't think it was going to turn out to be a place like this. You didn't think, period. Jackie, I admit I pulled a boner. But it wouldn't matter to you if I were right or wrong. Everything I do seems wrong to you. You're not kidding. Why do you resent me? You've never been a twin. You wouldn't understand. Well, try to explain it to me. Jill and I were born within a few minutes of each other. We lay in the same cradle. We took our first steps the same day. When we started to talk, we said the same words. Everything we ever did after that, we did together. School, dancing classes, dates, our first amateur show, our first nightclub date. Everything. Until you came along. But you were agreeable to my joining the act? Because it was good for the act. Good for both of us, I thought. I didn't know you were going to try and break us up. I'm not trying to break you up, Jackie. It's true that I happen to fall in love with Jill, but... Well, it won't do you any good. We're twins and we're sticking together. Nothing will ever split us up. But that's a, a warped way of looking at things. It's not normal. Okay, so it's not normal. That's the way it is. You can kiss us goodbye here or you can come along as far as Paris. We can still get to Paris in time to take that date there. But even if we broke our contract here, we couldn't leave. The ship's already gone, and there's not another one for over a month. There's a ship leaving from Dakar next week, and Dakar's only a few hundred miles away. Yeah, a few hundred miles of unbroken jungle. I looked at a map. We only have to cross one tiny little strip of jungle, a section called Bayuko Land. As stealthily as panthers stalking a prey, Tarzan and Yonobo entered the village of the Bayukos and crept to the thatched hut that Yonobo had once called home. They held their breath so that Yonobo's twin sons would not cry out in alarm. But the Hima was empty, and nowhere in the village could they hear the wail of babies nor catch the slightest glimpse of Yonobo's sons. Only in the sacred burial grounds of the Bayukos was there a clue to their disappearance. Boys, freshly dug grave, Tarzan. A grave just long enough for a newborn child. Just long enough, but wider than a grave for a single child. Yes, it is wide. You know both sons born our part. Last one is weak, maybe die. And so they also kill the other one. Like you know both tell Tarzan. Twins they are born, twins they live. Twins, they die. You speak true, you know both. His will of God. Oh, no. You know both. His twin. He too must die. You know both. Wait. Wait, men of Aikolai. I, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, command you to listen to me. Speak. For years I've witnessed the strange superstitions of the jungle tribes. I've tried to teach you, my brothers, that many of these beliefs are wrong, though I've never spoken ill of your gods. But all of you must know that there is no evil in a newborn child, nor have you found evil in your noble during his lifetime among you. 
And yet you have taken the life of a newborn infant. And now you are threatened to kill your neighbor. You say that this is the will of the gods. I say that they are false gods. Or that those who tell you the will of your gods lie. Quick, Tarzan, we run. Not let your noble escape. We hold your noble. Great chief, Tarzan, also helpless. Yes, a dozen of your men are managing to hold me. Are these the same brave warriors who killed the child? You talk enough, jungle lord. Now you rest tongue and use eyes. You see what men of Bayukulan do to those who anger her gods? No, no, not kill you no more. Mercy, mercy on you no more. Save me, Tarzan, Tarzan, come in and kill me on the Gosh, this cart's getting heavy to drag along, Jackie. You spent the first two days of this trip telling Jill how strong you were. That was before we lost the trail. We wouldn't have lost it if we had guides. I don't know why those natives wouldn't come along. Maybe they don't like the idea of women on safaris. They took a look at Jill and you. Oh, yes, it was all our fault. Oh, watch out, you're scratching my mirror. You better stop and wrap it up, Betty. Okay, Princess. But why you had to bring tons of costumes, gallons of makeup, a full-length mirror, and all the rest of this stuff along is more than I'll ever understand. Hey, do I have to do all the chopping while you two argue? I'm sorry, Jill. I, I'm tying these ropes in a sort of a harness so I can pull this cart and wheel the machete at the same time. I'll take the axe for a while, Jill. Chopping through the jungle will be a relief after talking to him. Yeah. Well, maybe my hands are free enough to do a little chopping. Oh, Bob, why do you have to keep fighting with Jackie all the time? Why do I fight with her? Well, it can't all be her fault. It is all her fault. If it weren't for you, Jill, I wouldn't even talk to her. She's a selfish, impossible brat, and for two cents... I, I... won't have you talk about my twin that way. If you hate Jackie so much, you can't be in love with me. But I am. If I didn't love you, listen, I... Listen, drums and native music. We must be getting near the Bayuko village. Well, oh, we'll be all right after that, then. We can get guides there and maybe borrow some food and... They're supposed to be pretty savage. We'll have to take a chance. Oh, I don't think they'll bother us any, Bob. The Evans twins have always been pretty lucky. Something right here, uh huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Ah! 
From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. Tarzan had been able to save neither the twin infants nor the native who'd come to him for help. As he walked slowly away from their village, his heart was heavy. Suddenly, his nostrils quivered. The scent of Tarmangane, a white man, was strong. He grasped the hanging liana and swung upwards. And moments later, he dropped from the trees beside Bob Elliott and Jill Evans. You needn't be alarmed. Careful, Jill. I offer friendship. I I caught your scent a few moments ago, and I came to warn you that the natives of this district are most dangerous. I was afraid they might be. So far, we've been lucky. We've seen no natives and very few animals. Bob, Jill, I found the trail again, and we can... Well, where did the boy scout come from? Twins. Yes, we're twins. What's the matter? Haven't you seen twins before? I saw one twin recently, a native. Look, I haven't time to explain now, but you've got to get out of this district as soon as possible. Not me. I'm heading for that village. We need food. I'd like to hire some native guards. I'll be your guide and I'll hunt food for you along the trail, but you mustn't go into that village. Why should we trust you? For all we know, you may be leading us into some trap. I failed the last person I tried to help, but I'm not going to fail again, not even if I have to use force. Now, look here, jungle man. I tell you, you're in real danger. Will you come with me? Well, I suppose if you say we're in danger, we'll have to... Well, I'm not coming with you. No man's going to spring down from the trees and tell me what to do. I told you I'd use force and I will. Put me down. Put me down. I tell you, I won't come with you. I won't. Let me go. Let me go. You may have Bob and Jill fooled, but you haven't got me buffaloed. Buffaloed? There's something phony about you. First you almost killed me, dragging me away from that village. And now you tell me I can't even walk with Jill. What is this? I've told you, Jackie. The Bayukos are watching us. They've been following us for hours. I haven't seen them. Besides, I don't believe that nonsense about their killing people just because they're twins. I didn't say they kill all twins, but they have many superstitions concerning them, and we can't afford to have the Bayukos find out that you and Jill are uh, twins. You think that just because Bob and Jill are a few hundred yards behind us, you'll fool anyone into thinking we are not twins? We may, now that you're wearing your hair differently and the two of you aren't dressed the same. But if you're walking side by side, they, they might be able to see. All right, all right. I just hope Bob's being careful with my things. Jill and he are still pulling that cart, but... Why they have to drag a carload of trinkets through the jungle is more than I can understand. Won't hurt them to pull it. I'm doing my share. Bob and Jill aren't doing any of the chopping. Well, how can they if they have to pull that head? Oh, careful, Jackie. Don't hack any of those bluish black trees. The thick ones over oh, there. Oh, so now you're going to tell me what trees I can cut. You're not satisfied to merely tell me what to eat, what to wear, and how to do my hair and where to walk. Now you're going to select the trees I can I cut. I just wanted to warn you. Well, that if, you... if I want to cut one of those trees, I'll do it. No, Jackie, No! Big idea. Practically pulling my arm off. Did you see that sap gushing from the tree? Yes. Wouldn't have killed me if a little had gotten on If you. one drop of that sap had got into your eyes, it would have blinded you for life. What? Some of the trees and bushes in the jungle are as dangerous as the wild animals and the savages. If you expect to come out of this jungle alive, you'll have to do exactly as I say. <laughs> Certainly good to be resting. Oh, yes. But I hate to think of spending another night in the jungle. Well, we can't go on all day and all night, too. Oh, certainly beat. Poor Jackie. She was really tired. Not so tired she didn't make me haul that beloved mirror inside the tent. The middle of the jungle, and she has to crumple. She must have fallen asleep by now, though. I don't hear any sound in there. I don't think I can fall asleep until I get some food. Tarzan ought to be back by now. He's been wonderful, hasn't he, Bob? 
Jackie doesn't think so. Oh, let's don't start picking on Jackie again. I better wake her up. She can never eat when she first gets up. I'll throw a little more wood on the fire. Tarzan may like his food raw, but not me. I wonder what it'll be tonight. You know, I sort of went for that antelope meat that he brought Bob. back last... Bob, she's gone. Jackie's disappeared. Well, she must have slipped out when we weren't looking. One of the tent pegs in the back has been pulled up. Well, I don't think she'd have gone of her own accord. Maybe those natives Tarzan says have been following You'd us. better stay here, Jill. I'll circle the district, but I won't go far. I don't want to take a chance on your being... Just relax, kiddies. Nothing's happened to little Jackie. Jackie, where have you been? Out getting my own food. I won't eat another thing that man brings back. He thinks we can't get along without it, but... Oh, oh. What's the matter, Jackie? I, I, I don't know. What did you eat? Just some fruit and nuts and some mushrooms. Mushrooms? Jackie. Jackie, you've been poisoned. Nonsense. It's just that I'm overtired. I know a mushroom from a toadstool. I'll be all right. And... We'd better take her inside. Bob, look. Natives. Faces peering out of every bush. Well, let them peer. We've got to get Jackie inside the tent and try to do something for her. <laughs> Jill, crying may bring her back. But to die like that, Bob, in such pain, in the middle of this horrible jungle. We'll never get out alive anyway. Maybe she's better off. What's wrong with Jill? Why is she lying there? It's it's not Jill, it's Jackie. She's dead, darling. She's dead. Oh, that's crazy. She couldn't be dead. I only left the three of you a little while ago. Let me see what's wrong with her. I'm sure that I can... It's, it's true. I can't hear her heart beating. I never, never would have left it, Tarzan. I wasn't going to get married. She was afraid I was going to leave her. What happened? She went looking for food. I guess she ate some poisonous toadstools. I wish I'd been the one who'd eaten them. If only I'd come straight back. I should have, but I saw a band of bayukos, and I thought I'd circle around and avoid them. That's what took me so long. If only I'd... Jill. What, Tarzan? Jill, if the bayukos find that you're a twin and the other half of you, as they put it, is dead, we're in real trouble. Oh, but at least they haven't seen the two of you together. They did see Jackie and Jill together, Tarzan. When? Just before Jack... Just before Jackie keeled over. We could see their faces leering at us from the bushes. Then we have no time to lose. If we can reach the upper level of jungle growth... I'll leave Jackie. At least not until she's had a decent burial. I understand, Joe. I'll carry her through the back of the tent here, and I'll... I'll bury her beneath the branches of a mighty jungle tree. Bob, you've got to take care of Jill. Have her ready to leave by the time I return. It was a peaceful spot, Jill, right among the great trees and the jungle flowers. I covered the grave with a warm blanket of moss. Thank you. If anything happens to us, Tarzan, we want you to know... Hush! The jungle drums. Stay inside and keep quiet. It's the Bayukos, and they're almost here. I'll go outside. Be careful, Tarzan. I won't fail again. I can't. Where are twins, Tarzan? Twins? White girl twins. We see them many days. Oh, they're inside the tent, preparing to retire. Read. Tire? Yes, they make ready for sleep. Maybe one is already in great sleep. Dead? What gave you such a ridiculous idea? Warriors say see one girl fall down. If one dead, other must die. But they are white women. They're not members of your tribe. Are still in Bayukoland. If one dead, other one died. Is law of gods. And if they are both alive, you uh, you will do them no harm? We follow for many days, not do harm. Unless gods become angry, we not hurt them. But first, show us they are alive. Well, you cannot expect women to leave their beds when they are preparing for sleep, but I, I shall let you see that they are both alive and well. (laughs) 
You understand, Bob? Yeah, I'm to step outside at the same time you do. I'm to hold one side of the tent flap open while you hold the other. And I'm to say nothing. That's right. And Jill? I'm, I'm to brush my hair, put on lipstick, then extend my hands straight forward and pretend to shake hands. Exactly. And try to control your fear and your sorrow, Jill. We'll be all right if they've never seen a mirror before. All right, come on, Bob. All right. All right, Bob. Hold that side of the flap while I hold this one. Right. You see, great chief? They brush their hair so that it will not be tangled in the morning. Like one woman, they move. What? Proves what Mayuko say. Twin is only half person. See? Girls move same time. Same way. Uh, now put on war paint. Same time. Nadio Tarzan. They live. One not dead. We not harm them. And by tomorrow, they'll be out of Bayuko land, and you need have no fears that they will bring the anger of your gods down upon you. Uh, what twins do now? They're shaking hands. It's the white man's sign, meaning good night. Good night, men of Bayuko land. Go well. They're, they're leaving, Tarzan. Yes, Bob, and they're traveling in the direction of their village. That means they won't pass Jackie's grave. They may not discover it for days, and by tomorrow, I'll have you in that car. Poor Jackie. I used to fight with her. I, I should have tried to understand how she felt. But I guess someone who's never been a twin could... They've gone. Yes, Jill. Are you ready to leave now? I can't leave, Tarzan. Take Bob somewhere where he can forget about me. I want to stay here with Jackie. Jill, perhaps neither Bob nor I can ever understand the feeling that exists between twins, but I know this. You're not half a person. You're a whole one, and Bob loves you. Now, were you to remain here, you'd be just as guilty as the ignorant savages who killed that newborn infant. You'd, you'd be wasting your life. And Bob's. I'll try to make you happy, Jill. Honestly, I will. Thank you, Bob. I think I'm ready to go, Tarzan. Jill, someday this will seem only like a, a dream, a very bad dream, but one that's passed. I know you and Bob will be happy, but <laughs> if the two of you should ever have twins, don't bring them to Bayuko Land. We hope you've enjoyed the story of Trouble Comes in Pairs and that you'll remain for a preview of our next exciting story of Tarzan. A slender youth who has spent years in the jungle leaves the bush and travels to the city of Amdumara. He stops at the Café Val Oriental for a drink of celebration, for he's accumulated a fortune and he's about to leave Africa for good. He never does, but that night he dies. Tarzan attempts to solve the murder and finds himself crossing the jungle with three people, one of whom must be the murderer. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Glasser. This is a Commodore production. Listen to our next story, Congo Murder, another thrilling episode of The Lord of the Jungle. Tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. From the black core of dark Africa, land of enchantment, mystery, and violence, comes one of the most colorful figures of all time, transcribed from the immortal pen of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Tarzan, the bronzed white son of the jungle. And now in the very words of Mr. Burroughs, the story of Congo murder. Johnny Convey had met many men since he'd arrived in Africa, but of them all, Tarzan was the only one he looked upon as a real friend. The handsome suntanned youth had hurried the 50 miles to Tarzan's seacoast cabin, and now he burst in, too full of excitement and enthusiasm to bother with knocking. I found it, Tarzan! Johnny, hello! I found it at last! The gold you've been searching for? You're not kidding. Wait till I show you something. Yeah, here's Lulu, the first gold nugget I found. I drilled that hole through so I could wear the string around my neck. Lulu sure brought me luck. Lulu was not the last gold you found, I presume. Tarzan, I made a richer strike than I ever dreamt of. More of it than I can spend in a lifetime. Johnny, do you want my advice? Sure, what? Take the pit you used to unearth the gold and bury it twice as deep as it was. Then forget about it. Are you nuts? You're happy today, and I'd like to see my friends happy, but you won't remain that way if you keep the gold, Johnny. It brings nothing but evil. Evil? Are you kidding? This gold's going to do more good than a barrel of lemonade at a Fourth of July picnic. I've never seen gold do anything but bad. Uh, Watch my dust when I get home. I've got a dad who was hurt in a mine cave in when I was just a kid. My folks haven't had a really decent meal or a halfway fit place to live since then. But that's all going to change now. I'm going to buy him the best house in town. Then I'm going to buy dad the most expensive suit that's made and I'll doll mom up like she was a queen. She always wanted a black velvet dress with real lace. And you want nothing for yourself, Johnny? Why, sure I do. I'm no tin angel. I got a girl who's been waiting for me for six years now. Won't even go to a movie with any other guy. Well, I'm going to make everything up to her now. We'll have a wedding like a couple of movie stars. And after we're married, we'll live the life of Riley. Yes, I I thought that's the sort of thing you'd plan for yourself. Oh, now you think I'm selfish, huh? Well, I won't. Be honest, I won't, Tarzan. I'm one guy who's going to get a thrill out of being rich. Well, it's a beautiful picture, Johnny. I hope it works out the way you planned. And I'm glad you came to tell me your good news. Well, frankly, I came because I've got to have a hand taking a gold to Omdurmara. They've got some sort of a government agency there that gives you cash or letters of credit or something for the gold. I'm going to straighten things out with them and then head back for the good old USA. I figure that if you help me, we can get to Omdurmara by Tuesday and then I can see about oh, the rest I'm, of... I'm sorry, Johnny, but I, I can't do what you ask. Huh? Are you serious? Yes. I don't get it. You've always made a big thing about being my pal. Well, I am your friend and... Were you in trouble, I'd gladly risk my life for yours, Johnny. But you want me to leave my jungle to transport gold. Gold for which men lie and rob and kill. Even though you now plan to do good with your gold, Johnny, I I can't help you. Well, that's a pretty fancy speech. But boiled down, all it amounts to is a turndown. A real noble-sounding way of turning down a guy you don't want to help. Oh, Johnny. I intended to give you something for your trouble, but I suppose you're too high and mighty to dirty your hands on my filthy lucre. Now, just a minute. Try, Try to understand my way of thinking. You see, many times in the past, men have wanted my help in searching for gold or ivory or or treasures, and every time I gave in, I saw nothing but violence. As a result, I finally made certain laws for myself, and, well, wrong or right, I must follow those laws. Okay, okay, forget I asked you. Just skip it. I'll lug it to Omdurmara myself. Oh, you'd be foolish to travel through the jungle with a great quantity of gold, Johnny. Why why don't you take samples to the government metal exchange at Omdurmara? I understand they need gold badly, and, well, they'll be... Undoubtedly willing to send an armed safari to bring it back. Hide it somewhere and, and let them find You're it. just full of advice, aren't you? Oh, now, don't take it that way, Johnny. I, I value your friendship, and though I refuse to transport gold for you, I'll be happy to come with you and, and see that you reach Omdurmara safely. 
Thanks just the same, pal, but I wouldn't enjoy traveling in your company. And I can reach there without any help from you. We'll return in just a moment to our story of Congo murder. Few men would have dared to cross the African Congo alone, but Johnny Convey was brave, and his three years in the jungle had taught him many secrets of the belt. But not one man among thousands could have distinguished between the trailing green jungle vines and the slender green body of the deadly Atheris Viper, which hung directly over the narrow trail, directly over a spot where Johnny would pass in a matter of seconds. The Viper's neck glands were distended with poison, its beady eyes gleamed wickedly, and its hungry fangs darted from the cruel slash of mouth. Johnny walked on, nearer and nearer the tree. The viper glided another inch downward. The leaves crinkled under Johnny's feet. The viper arched its flat, ugly head, ready to strike. And as the head shot forward, an arrow sang through the air and pinned it to the tree. An arrow, right through its ugly head. Only one man in the world could have made a shot like that. Tarzan! Tarzan! I know you saved my life just now, and maybe I ought to be appreciative. You don't have to shout, Johnny. <laughs> oh, first you save my life, then you scare me half to death. You always sneak up on people. No, not always. You uh, you sound a little more like the old Johnny now. Well, I've been burned up ever since we had that talk a couple of days ago, but I think I'm over it now. How long have you been following me? Ever since you hid your gold in that cave near the Yosanga village. You saw me hide it? No, oh, your secret's safe with me. Oh, I wasn't worried about that. I, I was afraid you might get into trouble trying to cross the jungle alone. That's why I followed you. Oh, thanks, Tarzan. You are a friend. But I think I'll be okay now. I, I, I'd i really rather go on alone. I, I've played it single-handed for three years now, and it'll mean something to me to be able to finish up the job by myself. Do you mind? Oh, no, no, Johnny. I've always liked completing my tasks alone, too. And the worst stretch of jungle is behind you. Yeah, that's right. One more day's march, a few business matters, and then for home. I'm still wearing Lulu around my neck, and she's good luck. Nothing can happen to me now. My congratulations to you, Mr. Conde. The acid report on the gold you brought is amazing. That's a relief. You were in that laboratory so long, I figured maybe my high school chemistry wasn't so hot. Oh, it was quite hot enough. If the gold you've hidden in that cave is the same as the samples you brought to Undermara... You'll be an extremely wealthy young man. It's got to be the same, Mr. Beaumont. It's all from the same load. But you do understand that it's impossible for us to pay until the gold is here and has been carefully weighed and analyzed. Oh, oh sure. I understand that. But I'm anxious to get home. Uh, could you make me a little advance? Oh, we'd be happy to pay you for the samples. That'll be more than enough to see you home in style. And as soon as our safari's returned with the balance of the gold, we'll forward a check for the full amount. Oh, that's terrific. Well, uh, could I have the money now? Uh, for the samples, I mean. I'll have my clerk draw up a draft for you immediately. But you're forgetting one little incidental, Mr. Conde. You haven't given me the map so that our safari can get the balance of the gold. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess you'll need the map, all right. But what sort of a guarantee do I have that someone won't take my map and do me out of my three years' work? You mean you don't trust me, Mr. Conde? Oh, sure, sure. I trust you, Mr. Beaumont. But you won't be going in the jungle for this yourself. You're mistaken. This gold is very important to my government. 
I have every intention of personally heading the safari. Oh, well, that's different. I'm sorry to rush you, but I have a great many things to take care of before I leave. So if you don't mind, the map, please. Mais oui, monsieur, you are most fortunate. I can give you reservations on a ship leaving Omdurman within a few days. Ah, oh, that's swell. But uh, there is but one difficulty. What's that? All of the less expensive cabins were reserved many months ago. All that I have left are the deluxe cabins. Uh, they are quite expensive. <laughs> is that all? For a minute you had me worried. The price of your reservation is not important to you? Listen, I'll tell you a secret. It wouldn't bother me if you charged me $5,000 to get home. Listen, in a couple of months, I'll have enough dough to buy my own ocean liner. Oh, you have recently come into an inheritance? No, sir. I work for this dough myself, gold mining in the jungle. In the jungle? Oh, but that is amazing. You know, I was told that there was not sufficient gold in the jungle to warrant mining. Yeah, well, don't you believe it, pal. Uh, perhaps you are pulling my leg. You Americans are great jokers. Oh, uh, this isn't any joke. A guy doesn't kid about something he spent three years working for. Ah, no, 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 no. You are right, monsieur. For many years, I have worked in this dreary steamship office, and I do not joke about it. Well, cheer up, pal. Maybe you can go into the jungle someday and strike it rich, too. Oh, even the adventure without the gold would be enough. But, uh, monsieur, tell me, is it not dangerous coming into a city like Omdurmara laden with gold? Oh, you don't have to worry about me. All I brought were a few samples. Hmm. I have heard it is possible to make the arrangements at the exchange for them to transport the gold when it is found. If I were to go into the jungle and make such a discovery, I would make a map showing where I'd hidden it, and I would let them take the risk of going after it. You got it all figured out, huh? That'd be we, monsieur. I would make a map to give them, and then I would keep a copy so that... I didn't say anything about a map or a copy. Of course not, monsieur. I was only saying what I would do where I... You seem to be getting awfully nosy about my business. Oh, monsieur, a thousand apologies. I did not mean to pry. It is only that when I speak of the jungle, I get carried away. Always the jungle to me has the great fascination. Uh, Please, forgive me, monsieur. Uh, That's all right. Now, uh, how about the ticket, huh? Well, it will take some time to fill out the forms. You are probably staying at the Hotel International, eh? That's right. Well, I shall bring the ticket and the required papers to your hotel tonight. Thank you for the drink, my dear. Ah, just call me Johnny. We're pals, aren't we, Herr Berger? Yeah, we are pals. Johnny and Carl. Tell me, Johnny, how did you happen to pick an old rummy like me to drink with? I should have thought you'd pick a young woman, or at least a younger man. Oh, no, no days for me till I hit the States, where I came in here to, ce- <clears throat> to celebrate some good luck, and you look like someone who could stand a little celebrating, see? Yeah, celebrating I can stand. Six years I've had nothing to celebrate. Still, I spend my evening drinking. Ah, there's no place in this world for a useless old man, John. Oh, you don't look useless, Herr Berger. I bet in your day you were a real sharp guy, huh? What'd you do, huh? I was a metallurgist, but I made mistakes and I was thrown out. What kind of mistakes? Well, I was working for a company that searched for gold. I selected the spots for their mining operations. Only there was no gold there. Oh, I wish I could tell you where to look so you could get a new start. Oh, but I can't do that. It's too late for me anyway, Johnny. <clears throat> we have another drink, huh? Sure. Bartender, bring us some schnapps. I've been standing here for the last ten minutes. Here's a bottle here, Berger. Looks like a biggie, man. I 
Mr. Beaumont. My clerk said you insisted on seeing me. That's right, Mr. Beaumont. My name is Tarzan. I'm happy to meet you, Tarzan. Now, state your business. I'm in a bit of a hurry. Why? Well, I hardly think my business concerns you, but for what it's worth, I'm leaving tomorrow morning on a jungle safari. To find Johnny Convey's gold, perhaps? Just how much do you know about the gold? All there is to know, I imagine, Johnny Convey is my friend. He told me about his discovery and his plans before he left for Amdamara. He, uh, intended to come here to the exchange first. Oh? He did see you. Yes. And he gave you the map showing the location of the cave? Perhaps. Exactly what do you know about the cave? Well, I know where it is. What? Now, don't worry. I'm not interested in the gold, but I am interested in Johnny. After I left him in the jungle, I started worrying about him, and, well, I, I followed him here. Oh, very considerate of you. And just when did you arrive? Well, this morning, and I can't find Johnny anywhere. He's not at the hotel, and his name wasn't on the passenger list of the French vessel that sailed last night. Of course it wasn't. You sure you arrived only this morning? Of course I'm sure. What, what are you getting at? Well, I don't know why those at the hotel didn't inform you. But Johnny Convey was murdered there last night. <laughs> In just a moment, the exciting conclusion of Congo Murder. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. From the heart of the jungle comes a savage cry of victory. This is Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. It seems to me, Tarzan, that you had the most to gain by young Convy's death. I gained by Johnny's death. How? Well, that's up very simply. You knew the location of the cave, and you were aware he intended turning the map over to me. Yes. Having your own secret hideaway not far from the cave, it would be a simple matter for you to steal the gold and keep it hidden until the story of Johnny Convey's death was forgotten. Now just a minute, Beaumont. You figured that when I came for the gold and found none there, I'd assume that Convey's story was just another of those fables invented by men who'd been in the jungle too long. That the comparatively small amount of gold he brought to me was the sum total of his discovery. If that was my plan, why should I have come to call on you? Perhaps to cover up your own tracks. You may have already removed the gold from the cave. I haven't touched the gold. And quite frankly, Beaumont, I suspect that you intend to take Johnny's treasure for yourself instead of for your government. Now, see here, Tom. You may have already sent someone ahead to get it, and your safari may be nothing but a blind. I've sent no one ahead. Well, then, according to our claims, the gold should still be there. It should be. I'll, uh, I'll make a bargain with you, Beaumont. We'll enter the jungle together. We'll travel all the way to the cave in the same safari. We shall be able to keep an eye on one another. Agreed. And both of us know that the jungle often reveals the true nature of the man. By the time one of us returns, the truth should be known. May we, Monsieur Tarzan? I waited on Monsieur Convey. I was most distressed to learn of his death. How, how did the hotel happen to tell you of his death? They wouldn't tell me. I know the manager very well. When I came to the hotel with Monsieur Convey's reservations, the manager confided the terrible news to me. But he wanted to kept quiet, of course. The reputation of the hotel, you see. Yes, the reputation of the hotel has never been too shining. Ah, you are right. But if other explorers learn that when they emerge from the jungle with their fortune and then stop in the hotel, uh, naturally what, they what would... you know about Johnny Convey's fortune? Well, he was a very friendly young man. He spoke about the gold. It was most fascinating. I dare say. You, everything about the jungle is fascinating to a man who works in a humdrum steamship office. 
<laughs> I hope someday I can travel into the jungle. Suppose, suppose I gave you that opportunity. Come on. I am to be a member of a safari headed by uh, Mr. Hugh Beaumont that leaves for the jungle in the morning. We, uh, we should be delighted to have you as our guest. Oh, but that should be most exciting. Oh, uh, I, I have a vacation coming soon. I am sure the manager can arrange things so I can leave tomorrow. I would be happy to join you, Monsieur Tarin. I'm told, Herr Berger, that Johnny Convy's last night on Earth was spent in your company. Yeah, das ist richtig. We were drinking right here at this very table. Uh, you have a drink? No, no, thank you. Didn't I have a drink alone? Bartender! Bartender! I don't see a bartender on you, Where did they not go? I certainly need a drink. First I hear of the violent death of a friend. Then I have a great disappointment in my business. Oh, what was that? Ah, you wouldn't be interested in my business. Mm, you're a friend of my friend. I, I am interested. Well, you see, I am a metallurgist. Not a very successful one. But I learned recently about the very interesting discovery of the jungle. Today I tried to raise money to finance an expedition into the interior. I found out my credit is not good. Herr Berger, it, it just so happens that I'm leaving Amdamara with a large safari in the morning. We we should be delighted to have you join us. The next morning, the strange safari started out. Beaumont and his bearers, Herr Berger, who claimed to be a metallurgist, Galadier, who said he quested only for adventure, and Tarzan, each suspecting the other of Johnny Convy's murder, each believing the rest were interested only in the gold. The trail was rough, and the jagged nerves of the travelers even rougher. By the time camp was made on the second night, the men were snarling at each other. Well, Galadier, you're going to help bring the cartons of food over to the cook stove, or do you intend to rest? Where can the bearers do it? Oh, they're my bearers, not yours. And you'll do your share of the work around here, or I know the reason why. Come on, Daladier. We'll carry one of the cartons together. We don't have to stand for the insults of the English hunt. I'll carry the packages. They, they weigh little, and I can... Wait, what's wrong, Tarzan? Well, someone's very carefully drilled a hole into which of the food parcels. They're That's... alive with white ants. White, white ants? All the food spoiled? Is it something of your work, Daladier? Do I look like a man who would enjoy starving? See what Burger has to say about this. He's been carrying his own food. I suppose your food supply is all right, Herr Burger. Of course it is all right. I've been carrying it on my own back. Yes, but why? Because I can't eat the swill the rest of you seem to enjoy. They've got the sensitive stomach. But your conscience isn't so sensitive. You'd just as soon see the rest of us starve. So that you can get the gold without interference. I swear I'm not responsible. None of us shall starve. I'll hunt for our dinner, but... You will all have to get along with each other until I get back. I'll make them behave themselves at the point of my gun if I have to. What happened to Berger? He's been uh, shot. A little of your discipline, Mr. Beaumont? Certainly not. Uh, but Galadier and Berger started arguing the moment you were out of sight. Uh, I got good and sick of it and ordered them out of the camp. Uh, they hadn't gone beyond the fringe of the trees over there when I heard a shot. I see. Much as I've mistrusted Berger, I don't like to see him dying like this. Uh, Perhaps I can dig out the bullet and we can stop the bleeding. Uh, yeah, Berger, this will be very painful, but I'll try to be as gentle as possible. Uh, man. Oh, can you see it? Yes, it's not really embedded very deeply, but it's in a critical place. I can just get hold of it. Oh, dear, can I help you, Tony? No, I'm getting it now. I think I can. You can't help him now, Tarzan. No, poor fellow. But I did get the bullet out, Beaumont. It's a thirty-two. by a strange coincidence, the same caliber as your pistol. My pistol hasn't been fired. 
You can examine it if you like. What have you done with Daladier? My men are holding him in that tent over there. I saw no gun on him. I admit I couldn't find his gun after the shooting, but he's responsible, all right. He killed Berger, and he undoubtedly killed Johnny Convict, too. Who set that fire? Pardon, did you find out? No, by the time I pulled you and Deladier apart, whoever it was had made his escape. I don't believe it was anyone from outside the camp. I think Deladier here set the fire in order to kill the rest of us. See here, Bermond. I see perfectly. The gold is very tempting, isn't it, Deladier? You ought to know, Mr. Bermond. Pardon, I demand that you help us tie up Deladier and take him back as a prisoner. We have no evidence of his guilt on any of those charges. Remember, we suspected poor Herr Berger just yesterday. He, we didn't even believe he was a scientist. Well, if he'd shown us the papers we later found in his wallet... I personally am less suspicious of Deladier than I am of you, Beaumont. Oh, and perhaps you and the Frenchman are in this together. Don't forget, Berger was killed during a period when you were out of sight of the camp. Perhaps you were hunting um, perhaps you weren't. If we're through with our accusations for the night, maybe we can all get some sleep. Well, we, we are awake, so we might as well get on. We should reach the cave by dawn. Well, I'm for pushing on tonight. All right, perhaps this time we got this over with. I have a feeling that the sight of our goal will make the murderer reveal his hand. The safari reached the jagged rocks that protected the cave just as the sudden Congo dawn broke over the jungle. Tarzan watched Beaumont and Deladier carefully, but neither of them dashed forward. Neither revealed the all-consuming mania for gold that leads a man to murder. They walked slowly forward toward the cave's yawning mouth. Together, the three of them entered the damp, inky black cavern. Cautiously, they approached the corner where Johnny Convey had hidden his treasure. All right, come outside where we can see you. Right. He's a rough-looking character, all right. How did he find out about the cave? Who is he? Why did you fire at us? I, I thought you were animals or savages or something. I've been lost in the jungle for days. I just wanted in their boxes. A likely story. Just a minute, Beaumont. He may be telling the truth. Why, oh, I, I, I am telling the truth. I, I didn't touch any of the gold. Maybe you just got here. Maybe you didn't have time. You and your continual suspicions, Beaumont. I think the man is telling the truth, and we ought to help him. He got badly scratched up in this skirmish. Uh, Mr. Beaumont has some first aid equipment. If you'll take off your shirt, we'll paint those. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want to take off my shirt. Why? What are you trying to hide? You can't make me do it. I won't. I'll do it for you, then. Oh, yeah. Gold knock it around his neck. The one poor Johnny Convict Oh, no, you don't. You're staying right here, and you're answering a few questions. I've got my gun trained on him, Tarzan. You can count on me if he starts any trouble, Mr. Tarzan. Yeah, it looks as though Lulu didn't bring you any more luck than it brought Johnny Convict. Oh, I should have left it on him. Who are you? Why did you kill him? To get the map. I was a bartender at a cafe back in Omdumar. I heard Berger and him talking about the gold one night. I thought I could get here for the rest of you, but you kept getting closer and closer to me. You were afraid we'd meet and that Berger would recognize you. That's why you killed him, too, huh? Yes. Go ahead. Kill me. No. No, we'll take you back to Andermara for punishment. And we'll take Johnny's gold back, too. So that three people in America may have the things he'd planned. (laughs) It's ironic that they have to be purchased at the cost of Johnny Convey's life. We hope that you've enjoyed our story of Congo murder and that you'll remain for a preview of our next exciting story of Tarzan. It is a strange world, this isolated village of the Karmiki people. At one side of the Maji is the mission school and the tiny church. At the other, the temple of Miyomoko, the moon god, and the hema of Miyomoko, its high priest. 
The constant struggle between the high priest and the Reverend Collier, between paganism and Christianity, flares into dramatic battle in our story of Congo Christmas. Included in our cast were Jack Moyles, Eddie Firestone, Raymond Lawrence, and Jane Novello. Tarzan, the transcribed creation of the famous Edgar Rice Burroughs, is produced by Walter White, Jr., prepared for radio by Bud Lesser, with original music by Albert Blesser. This is a Commodore production. Listen to our next story, Congo Christmas, another thrilling episode of The Lord of the Jungle. and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!